We are dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through all available means with a sole focus of teaching the word, making it plain, sharing it with love. In the word of our Lord Jesus reads, it says, I know. Why don't you help me teach this to your neighbor? Look at somebody and tell them to say, Jesus knows. Amen. Jesus knows. My brothers and my sisters, I'm not the um, sharpest tool in the shed, and I'm definitely not the smartest man in the world. But there's one thing that I've learned on my Christian journey is that the Lord knows. Amen. If there's one thing I've discovered in all of my ups and all of my downs, all of my ends, all of my outs, all of my failures, all of my successes, I have discovered that the Lord knows. Amen. And somebody out there may want to know exactly what do I mean when I say that Jesus knows. What does he know? Well, I'm here to tell you quite simply, he knows everything. Amen. And I've also discovered that uh, the Lord makes no mistakes. And every punctuation mark, every adjective, every adverb, every comma, every colon, every semicolon, every apostrophe, every period, every conjunction, every verb, every noun, every part of the sentence that you can use to make up a writing that put in the Bible, the Lord has placed it there uh, for a specific purpose, and it is not a mistake if it's in the Bible. Amen. And oftentimes, the reason why we don't understand what the Lord is trying to teach us and why we can't um, we can't see or perceive the power that God is trying to place in our lives is because we try to make the word say what we want it to say instead of accepting it for what it is. Amen. When you look at this book of Revelation and you start off in the first chapter, the very first verse, you will find something very interesting. The book of Revelation it starts off by saying the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. I like that because when you look up the word revelation, you will discover that it means something that most people did not know it meant. When you look up revelation in the Greek language, the language in which the New Testament was originally written in, it is the Greek word apocalypsis. In the Greek language, it's spelled Alpha, Chi, Omicron, Kappa, Alpha, Lambda, Upsilon, Psi, Iota, Sigma, Apocalypsis. That's where we get the English word apocalypse from. And apocalypse means something that is revealed to you or is manifested. In other words, uh, Everything in the Bible is not always what it seems because the world has taken what the word says and they try to twist it and make it mean something else to the point where most people think the word apocalypse is a negative thing. They think that it's a bad thing. They think that it's doomsday. They think that the world is about to come to an end when the word apocalypse simply means that God 
is trying to let you know something that only he can reveal to you. Can I get a witness out there? And that ought to be good news to somebody out there who's been struggling. You've been straining. Your family has been in turmoil. You've been sick. You got a bad report from the doctor. Your bills have been looking high and your money has been looking low. You don't know how you're going to eat your next meal. You feel like you've been going crazy. You don't have anybody to talk to. You feel like nobody understands, but the Lord says simply that I want you to know that I know. Amen. If you read Revelation chapter 1 and you look at verse number 1, it starts off by saying the revelation, singular word. It's not a plural word. That's another misquote that most people have about the Bible. They usually say the book of Revelations with an S at the end. But it's really the book of Revelation singular. That means it's one. That means it's only one vision. That means it's only one revelation. That means it's only one way. That means it's only one truth. That means it's only one gospel that the Lord has given us. Amen. Because there's only one God. There's only one faith. There's only one baptism. There's only one name by which all men must be saved. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. It starts off by saying the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. That he gave to his servants. In other words, if you are not a servant, if you're not a believer, if you have not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as the God of your life, the creator of all of mankind, the forgiver of your sins, if you don't believe that he was born of a virgin, grew up in a ghetto called Galilee, got nails put in his hand, got a spike drove through his feet, he died for your sins, got an early Sunday morning with all power in his hand to redeem you and wash you in his blood. If you don't believe that, then you can't be his servant. Can I get a witness out there? And because he, we are his servants and because we believe in him, we have access to know this revelation that he wants us to know. What is that revelation, preacher? The revelation is so simple that even a child can get it, and that is that he is the redeemer of all of mankind. What does redeem mean? Redeem means to be purchased or bought with a price, and the price that he paid was his blood on Calvary. That's why in the book of Psalms it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, because if you're not saying anything, then won't nobody know who you're rolling with. Amen. Why don't you look at somebody and ask them who you with? Yeah, that's a song I used to listen to back in my younger days. I don't want y'all to judge me, but we used to listen to this song by Lil John, the East Side Boy. He said, who you with? Get crunk who you're with, amen. But I want to know if you was bold enough to dance in the club, to cut a rug, to scream and shout over your favorite musician or your favorite celebrity, are you bold enough to say, I'm with the Lord Jesus because he's been with me every step of the way. Can I get some help out there? There's a few things that the Lord wants us to know here today, amen. 
because he sees all and he knows all and he understands all and his revelation is he loves us so much that he is trying to redeem us to himself and redeem us from the hand of the enemy and he is trying to prove to us that he is the best friend that you will ever have. Amen. That ought to be good news to somebody out there. There's somebody out there that feel misunderstood right now. There's somebody out there that feel like throwing in the towel. There's somebody that feel like waving the white flag. There's somebody that feel lying on. Amen. You've been stabbed in the back. Folk been selling your name. Folk don't get you. Amen. But the Lord says there is a friend that will stick closer than a brother. And I'm about to prove to you in my word that I'm with you. Amen. If you look over in Revelation chapter 2, starting at verse number 8, you will see some very important words that the Lord wants the church to know here today. Verse 8 says, And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna. Let me stop right there. Notice what the Lord is doing. He's giving his word to his church. But he wants you to know it in a certain way because there's a certain procedure. There's a certain process. There's a certain protocol by which information must be promoted to you. Amen. It says in verse number eight, and unto the angel of the church. That word angel, Greek word agalos, it's spelled A-G-E-L-L-O-S in the Greek language, it's alpha, gamma, epsilon, lambda, lambda, omicron, sigma, it means a messenger or a preacher, amen. In other words, what the Lord is saying is, how can they know unless the word is preached and how can he preach unless he has been sent, amen. And so he gives his word to his pastor and then the pastor gives it to the church, amen. It says unto the angel of the church. Well, who is the church, pastor? I'm so glad you asked me that because that's one of the most misunderstood words in all all of the world's vocabulary because some people seem to think that the church is a fraternity. Some seem to think it's a sorority. Some seem to think it's a Republican. Some seem to think it's a Democrat. Some seem to think it's a clique. Some seem to think it's a gang. But the church is a body of born-again baptized believers in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word church, Greek word ekklesia, it means a body of people who have been called out of one place and sent to another place. Amen. That's why Isaiah said in the book of Isaiah, send me, Lord, I will go. I want to know if there's anybody out there that will go where the Lord send you. If he wants you to go to Alaska, will you go? If he wants you to go to Southwest Houston, will you go? If he wants you to go to Acres Homes, will you go? If he wants you to go to the west side of Jackson, Mississippi, will you go? If he wants you to go down the street and go to the park and witness to some people who need to hear his word, will you go out there and will you tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. He says, unto the angel of the church in Smyrna. That word Smyrna in the Greek, it means myrrh. And we know that myrrh was one of the fragrances that the three wise men took to anoint the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Myrrh was a good smelling fragrance 
but it also had healing properties. Why are you telling us this, preacher? Well, the Lord wants us to know that the church is a hospital. Amen. The church is an assembly of people who come together, and we are supposed to help bring the healing of the Lord to the community and those that are around us. Amen. Because not only does Smyrna mean myrrh, but myrrh smells good, but myrrh also means to be healed. Amen. Or to be delivered. It says unto the angel of the church in Smyrna writes, these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Look at somebody and tell him he's alive. Amen. Look at somebody and say he's not dead. Amen. Say God ain't dead. The Lord is alive right now. The Lord has overcome right now. In a dead situation that you're in in your life, you can overcome it because the Lord overcame it. If you're in a dead marriage, you can overcome that because the Lord got up. Amen. If your children not acting right, the Lord can raise them up. If your boss on your job is acting crazy, the Lord can raise you up. Amen. If you got haters lying on you, the Lord can raise you up. If you don't know how you're going to pay your bills, the Lord can raise you up and the reason why is because he got up from the grave and when he got up he had all power in heaven and he has all power on earth. Amen. He says right unto the angel of the church in Smyrna these things which saith the first and the last which was dead and is alive. Amen. And then verse 9 goes on to say I know thy works and tribulation. My sisters and brothers, I want you to know that the Lord, he knows what you're going through. Amen. He knows what you're dealing with, but he also knows your service. He says, I know thy works. I know your deeds. I know how much you believe in me. I know how much you want to serve me. I know how much you care about people because you care about me. Amen. He says, and tribulation. Not only do I know your works, but I know your tribulation. I understand what you're going through for serving me. I understand how the world ridicules you and wants you to feel like you're crazy and out of your mind for believing in the invisible God. But you just keep on believing in the invisible God because of the things that he has made visible in your life. He says, I know that works and tribulation, and watch this, and poverty. But in parentheses, it says, but thou art rich. So he said, you may not have a lot of man's money, but you have something that money cannot buy, and that's salvation. You have peace, amen. You have joy. You have happiness. You have a mentality to survive no matter what life throws at you. You know who holds the future in his hand. You know where you are going when you leave here. But watch what else he says he knows. Not only does he know those who believe in him, because he knows everything. It says, and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Amen. He says, I know those who play with my name. Amen. I know those who say they believe in me, 
but they really serve the devil. I know those who uh, say that I thank God on one hand, but they're praying with Satan on the other hand. I know those who claim to be my people, but they are really not Jews. I know those people who run Hollywood. Amen. I know those people who have the world's power in their hands and they profit off the name of being a Jew. But inside, they are not my people and they are literally not Jews. Amen. He says, I know those who say they are Jews and are not but are the synagogue of Satan. My brothers and sisters, I just want to let us know here today that if we're not living for the Lord, that means that we're doing the devil a favor. Amen. And there are a lot of people out here that claim they believe in God. They mention his name every once in a while. And they act like that's supposed to cover for all of the other things that they have done, all of the injustices, all of the mistreatment that they have given to other people. I remember when Drake made God's plan, everybody was sitting up there talking about he was a believer, but then everybody who really makes songs the words of the Lord, they called them a hypocrite. Drake said God's plan one time, and the rest of the song, he talking about everything but God, and people say he's a believer, but then you have gospel artists and you have preachers and teachers who've been on the battlefield for the Lord. They make one mistake and everybody ridicules that person and everybody mocks that person. And it's time for us to realize that you will recognize a tree by the fruit it bears. Amen. You can't believe in the Lord if you mistreating women, if you talking down on brothers. If you're sitting up there hating and wanting to see other people fall, if you get mad every time somebody mentions the name of Jesus and every time somebody give God some glory, you aggravated and annoyed by what they're doing, you can't really believe in him. That's why the Lord said, with your lips, you honor me. But in my heart, I am in your heart, I am far from you. But my brothers and sisters, I want to give you comfort and encouragement here today, and I'll be on about my way. Verse 10 tells us all we need to know about living this life for the Lord. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10 says, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. I know that it's difficult to go through hard times, especially when you feel like you are living for the Lord and you're still going through tough times. Amen. But he said, fear none of those things. Remember, Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he said, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Amen. Somewhere else in the Bible, it says that fear causes torment. If you are always worried about something or if you're fearing something, that means that you're not putting your faith in the Lord and you're tormenting yourself to the point where you don't believe in him. And if you don't believe in him, then you can't receive his kingdom. And if you don't receive his kingdom, well, then you know the rest of the story. Amen. How many of us out there, you've been worried about something you prayed about it, and as soon as you took your mind off it, 
when you thought about it again, you realized that the Lord had answered your prayer. You may have had an injury that was hurting you. You may have cut your finger. You may have stubbed your toe. And it seemed like the pain was never going away. But as soon as you start thinking about it, you realize you felt better than ever. That's the type of faith and belief that you have to have in the Lord. Because watch what the Lord says in verse number 10. It says, fear none of these those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold. That means pause for the cause, chill out, notice what I'm about to say. It says, behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried. You know, the devil will try you, amen. The devil will try to make you give up. The devil will try to sift you like wheat. But watch what it says, and you shall have tribulation 10 days. It says, be thou faithful unto death. And I will give thee a crown of life. The bottom line is, my brothers and sisters, that we all have to leave here one day. We all have to die. We're not going to live forever. I know this because I had two funerals in my family just this past weekend. Amen. One was older than the other. But the fact of the matter is that they both are in the ground right now. We must die. Paul said that it is appointed every man wants to die and then the judgment. Amen. But watch what the Lord says. Says out of all that you go through and you deal with, it says it'll be 10 days. Now, my 10 days may not be your 10 days and your 10 days may not be my 10 days. But the point of it is that trouble don't last always. But he said, if you remain faithful, he said, not only will you be encouraged here, he says, but when it's all said and done, he said, I will give you a crown of life. Amen. And I just want to know if there's anybody out there that is ready to receive their crown. You know, we are big on calling ourselves kings and queens, amen. But I've discovered that the only way that we can really be considered royalty is if we have accepted the king of kings and the Lord of lords and that we have been accepted into his royal priesthood, amen. And if there's somebody out there today, because I never want to take it for granted that we have all accepted the Lord as our Savior. Amen. As my pastor used to say, if you haven't accepted, you know, we got to accept him as our president. Amen. And not just our resident. If there's somebody out there today that has not given their lives completely to the Lord, today would be a mighty good time to do that. While the blood of Jesus is still running warm in your veins. Amen. Because there's one thing that I know is that God has some blessings for you on this side of life. And then eternally, he has a crown that is waiting on you. Amen. If there's somebody out there, I would encourage you to ask the Lord to show you who he is in a mighty good way. Amen. Because I know he will do it. I pray that you will receive his favor. I pray that those who do know the Lord will be encouraged, that he knows you that he's with you, that he loves you, that he accepts you. No matter who rejects you, man's rejection is God's protection. Amen. I want you to be encouraged. And for those who have been praying to God 
to give them the desires of their heart. If you just keep on, I want you to know he knows your works. Amen. He knows your heart. He knows your mind. And the Lord will give you what you desire if it's in accordance to his will in due time. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise right there wherever you are. Let's give, just give God a round of applause. Let's just take about four, five seconds to just tell God thank you for his word, to give God praise for his mercy. Let's give God for praise for not giving us over to the enemy. Amen. For waking us up this morning for clothing us in our right mind. Let's praise God for being able to see this morning, for being able to hear, for being able to feel, being able to touch, being able to taste. Come on, let's just tell God thank you for the things that we take for granted every day that he does not have to bless us with, but he decides to do it anyway. Amen. Let's give God just some praise. I just want to tell you, thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, so much, and I just praise God for the opportunity to be able to share, even on this platform. I thank you all, Faith Temple, and I pray that I'm able to meet you all in person very soon. And also remember, no matter what, the Kansas City Chiefs will always be the best franchise in the NFL. <laughs> Amen. God bless y'all. Thank you, and I love you, and there's nothing you can do about that. God bless you.